Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Listen in as we journey to some of Italy's most beautiful places in the company of those who know them best, the families who grow grapes and make fabulous wines. Through their stories, we will learn not just about their wines, but also about their ways of life, the local and regional foods and specialities that pair naturally with their wines, and the most beautiful places to visit. We have a wonderful journey of discovery ahead of us, and I hope you will join me. Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. This morning, I'm traveling over the Brenner Pass to descend into the autonomous region of Trentino Alto Adige, or Trentino Sud Tirol, as it is also known, to visit one of Italy's most historic wine estates and one of the oldest active wine estates in the world, Kloster Neustift, or in this trilingual region, Abbazia di Novacella. My guest this morning is Werner Waldboth, who is the head of sales and marketing at Neustift. Guten Tag, buongiorno, good morning, Werner. Thank you so much for being our guest. I know it's a busy moment of the year in the wine country, so we really appreciate you joining us. How are you today? Hi, good morning. I'm fine. Thanks. Thanks a lot. So actually here in our area uh, at the moment, it isn't uh, this, that busy yet because we didn't start with the harvest. Uh, we probably start next week. So we arrive a couple of days from the, the real intense time of year. So you've got just a few moments of calm to sort of fortify ourselves before everything goes crazy. Right. Now, the Kloster Neustift is a very special and unique place since, since its foundation in 1142 as an Augustinian monastery. The vocation of grape growing and winemaking has been at the heart of monastic life. Can you tell us a little bit about this very special place? Yes, the, the special thing about our winery is, or the monastery is, that we are not just an active winery for almost 880 years, but we are still being an active monastery as well. And so that, therefore, there is uh, between the winery, the winemaking process, all that stuff. We have uh, also a lot of, of culture, but even religion always speaks speaks a role, or has a role. Uh, we still have um, 19 monks here, which are living here in the monastery, and therefore it's a very nice combination of everything and therefore a very special place. I guess wine uh, has always been, certainly historically, the monasteries have been essential to preserving winemaking through the Dark Ages and, and then in later times too. With Kloster Neustift, the foundation of the monastery was linked to wealthy benefactors leaving the monastery tracts of land. And these are still some of your finest vineyards that are still in production today. Is that correct? That's that's right. Even it's just a small portion. So 
we actually do um, own a seven hectares, so more or less uh, 15 acres or a little bit more in the surrounding uh, of, of the abbey itself, which we did own already a couple of hundred years ago, or which always has been property of the, of the monastery, because you have to imagine that when uh, in the time of the secularization, uh, which was at the beginning of the 19th century uh, with Napoleon, and, uh, he took away from the monasteries or from the church all their properties and gave it to the farmers. And therefore, then the, the monastery became a lot smaller. And so we have just a little part of the of the vineyards we already had before, and we were able to to maintain until after and also afterwards um, a big part or bigger part of the the vineyards were then bought after that period. And so uh, today we uh, aside of this seven hectares, we have other around twenty hectares which were bought later. Okay. And you're still working with a lot of the local farmers who bring their grapes to the Neustift wineries. Right. So um, in, in, in general here in Adige, uh, cooperatives are quite important. So uh, 70% of the whole production in Adige is produced by cooperatives. And also here in our area, the farmers, it was 60 farmers, decided to found a cooperative. It was in 1961. And in difference to the other cooperatives or the other farmers in other areas of Adige, they decided to not build a winery, but to sell the grapes to a winery. And therefore, in 1962, the abbot or the former abbot or the abbot at the time went to the, the president of this cooperative and asked them if they would be interested in selling the grape to Abbazielino Acella. And therefore, it's now 59 years ago, uh, started this collaboration with the local farmers, so with most, with most of the farmers here in the surroundings of Novacella and the abbey or the winery of the abbey. And therefore, uh, we don't have or don't produce wines just out of the 26 hectares we do own, but we have other 60 hectares of vineyards. Uh, which uh, where the grapes are delivered to the to the monastery and where we do produce the wine out of it. Okay, that's a fascinating relationship. Yeah, it's it's good and it's a big advantage for both sides because on the market side we can act as a private company, but on the other hand, on the on the production side we have this cooperative, which is quite a good model for 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 this side. Let's say. Sure. Sure. Now, uh, the Abbazzini Noacella today produces a large range of white as well as red table wines. The estate is probably best known for your outstanding whites from aromatic and semi-aromatic grape varieties. We're in the most northerly of all of Italy's wine-growing areas. What are the conditions, the terrain, the microclimate that make Isaac Toller, the Azarco Valley, so well suited to the production of these high-quality white wines. Yeah, uh, Valle Zarco, in fact, is quite special here in Adige because, first of all, it's the, the northernmost area. So uh, if you are here and you maybe have visited or have the opportunity to visit our winery, you see that 
with our winery or a few miles further north, wine growing as or the vineyards are finishing because it's getting too cold. So we are really on uh, on the edge of viticulture. So it still is being possible, but it's not easy. And it has to do with a cool climate. So we are we are in the north, but we are uh, quite high as well. So the, the lowest vineyards we have are at um, 630 uh, meters, which is 2,000 feet of altitude. And we are going up to 850 meters or 2,800 feet. And so we are north, we are quite high. And the third factor with why we have the special grape varieties and why we have these special conditions is the, um, the wind systems here in Ardadige. So in Ardadige, we have a, a strong impact of the aura, which is a warm system coming from the Mediterranean. And this has a big impact on Altadige. It brings warm air to Altadige. Uh, but as the Valley Zarco is a, quite a, a small valley in the area of Bolzano, this wind system can't enter that well in our valley. And therefore, the impact of these winds is lower. And therefore, we have a temperature difference uh, between, say, Brixen and other important Vine growing areas, let's say a piano, for example, of two degrees Celsius or four degrees Fahrenheit. And there's a big impact on this. On the other hand, we the soils we have are quite similar in, in whole Alto Adige or even very different because we have all morenical deposits as Alto Adige during the different glacial times was always covered by big glaciers. And so we have this morenical deposits which are composed of a lot of um, various components and therefore we have kind of the, the same soils here which is moranical deposits but the moranical deposits in general are very 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 different by itself as the components are different they are always very light light soils uh, and and therefore very sweeted for for grape for wine growing as well okay so it's that mix of the terrain the particular climate of this warm air sweeping up to hit the mountain and of course the altitude of the vineyards that that, that give such uh, aromas to the wines. I know the Propositus range is a very special range linked to the history of the monastery. Can you tell us a little bit about this range of wines? Yes, the Propositus range was introduced at the end of the, of the 20th century, so in the late 90s. And the idea was to create a special wine which is dedicated to the abbots of the monastery because Propositus is the Latin word for abbot. And so these wines are dedicated to the abbots, 58 abbots from the founding of the monastery until now. So of the, the abbots of the last 879 years. And uh, the idea was to create a very special wine uh, from the best spots we have. And therefore we define the, the best areas with the best expositions. Uh, and then with, with the oldest, with the oldest wines there, we reduced the yields a lot, so lower yields. And in the cellar, we used different treatments, maybe longer aging on a fine lease or more wood aging. And so was born this special wine product line, which is always, uh, he had a higher quality line, very special wines. And then we started in, in the 90s and step by step, we added the different grape varieties. So we started with Lagrine, Pinot Nero, then, then Kernard, then Silvana. 
And today we have most of our wines in both quality lines. So we call that the basic line is for us is the classic line and then the propositus line, which is the special product line with the, with the higher quality wines. Okay, so when uh, people see a bottle of Prepositus, they know that's the sort of the top quality, the crew wines of, of the Abbazia di Novacella. Kerner, you mentioned, is an interesting grape. It's one we're less familiar with. I recall drinking a Prepositus Kerner when I was last in Sotirol in February 2020, just before the world changed, and I absolutely loved it. Can you tell us some of its characteristics and why it's able to express itself so fully in the Zarco, in the valley? Corona is a quite a modern grape variety, so it was a German, a new German uh, grape variety created in 1929. And the idea behind was to create a variety which is resistant to the frost and brings high yield, so, so which would be uh, very suited for areas like our which are have cold winters and to the treated or ideal for that time because then in the, in the 1920s they wanted to produce a lot of high yields and a lot of wine out of every hectare and therefore they took Riesling, German Riesling and Schiava and did that cross and the, the result was quite unexpected so it was a very aromatic wine with a good fruit um, even spicy and a good freshness the problem of the kernel at that time or in germany was that if it was brought to high yields it was quite a flat wine and therefore in germany kernel never had uh, a big success then in the 1960s the kernel came to alizarco and as we, until the, the late 80s or the beginning, yeah, the beginning of the 80s, we had often problems with, with winter frost. Uh, the farmers pushed a lot on Kernel because Kernel had less problems with winter frost. And so in the, in the 70s, 80s, and the 90s, slowly the, the vineyard areas increased. And we as a winery then in 1992 started to produce wine out of this grape variety. And on the market side, it was quite a big success because, as I said, it's a very fruity wine. So it dance in the nose and then on the, on the palate, it has a spicy and fresh character. And, and uh, yeah, people was enjoying that. And so during the last 20, 25 years, or in the meantime, in 30 years, Kernel became, for us, became the most important grape variety in terms of, of quantity. Right. No, it's a wine I loved when I last tasted it. Can we turn our attention now a little bit more towards food? The strategic location of Abbazia di Novacella, close to Neustift, the bottom of the Brenner Pass, has made it a notable tapa for literally centuries. Pilgrims en route to Rome, pausing here for hospitality. Today, I guess... You have wine pilgrims, tourists from Northern Europe, pausing to taste wine, to buy. The place they all head to is the, uh, the Stift Keller or the Abbey Taproom. Is it such an atmospheric and historic place to do so? Tell us about the Stift Keller and, and maybe some of the local foods that can be sampled with your wines and which wines pair best with them. Yeah, actually, we don't have just wine tourists here at uh, at Abbazia de Noachella because we we have a, a quite an important museum as well and a convention center, and therefore there are lots of people coming to us which are not just trying or want to taste the wine, but also to see the the, the monastery itself because it's it's uh, quite interesting and it's worth. Uh, visiting it. In the Stiftskeller, we are focusing a lot on, on local products. So we um, we offer mostly 
just cold food, so so not warm plates, but pointing on, on the local products such as speck or local cheeses. Our specialty we have here is the, the smoked sausages we, we produce here in Adige, especially bread like the, the schüttelbrot. And, and that's what we, the schüttelbrot is, is a special bread from Adige, so it's a, it's a dried bread. And the name Schüttelbrot comes from uh, from the shaking process, which is done during the production of the of the bread. And the, the, doing this shaking process, the, the bread gets quite flat. So it's a, a thin, flat, round bread, which is hard. Yeah, it's it's very typical for our area. They're perfect with a glass of wine. Perfect with a glass of wine or with uh, some speck. Now, the foods of Alto Adige Sutirol are completely different to any other region in Italy. Can you just give us one or two of the classic not-to-be-missed dishes to try when anyone is visiting the region and perhaps the wines that best pair with them? Yeah, we have the, the big advantage to have an impact of the German and Italian cuisine and therefore have a, a very traditional dishes which are on the other hand, have this, this lightness of the Italian cuisine. And if you would mention some traditional foods from this area, you have, of course, to try Schlutzkrapfen, which are ravioli filled with spinach. On the other hand, we have dumplings, of course, very typical for Adige, with spinach or just with speck or with anything. So that's quite important. And uh, for our area, very typical product is a wine soup as well, which we are making. That's made with Silvana, is it? That's normally made with Silvana in our area, as Silvana is the most typical wine for this area. And also more um, heartier game to go with the red wines of the region. Right. Werner, is there a particular restaurant perhaps you could recommend near or around Bressanone, Brixen, where our listeners could experience the true authentic foods of of the region? Yeah, there's a, a very good restaurant I could suggest in Brixen, which is the, the Finsterwirt, or in Italian, Osteskuro, which is traditional. It's not start, but the restaurant not always has to be start, but it's very good, very high quality traditional cuisine. Oh, that sounds perfect. And they could encounter the wines of the Abbazia there. Right, of course. I hope that people who are passing in and out of Italy or making a journey to Sutirol will find, will make an effort to find the Abbazia di Novicella. I've been on an, a couple of occasions myself, and I think it's a very special place that's unique in the history of Italian wine. So I'm really glad we've had a chance to have this chat today, and I thank you for joining us here on Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye for now. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Please remember to like, share and subscribe right here or wherever you get your pods. Likewise, you can visit us at italianwinepodcast.com. Until next time, chin chin.
Hi, everybody. Italian Wine Podcast celebrates its fourth anniversary this year, and we all love the great content they put out every day. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People has become a big part of our day, and the team in Verona needs to feel our love. Producing the show is not easy, folks. Hurting all those hosts, getting the interviews, dropping the clubhouse recordings, not to mention editing all the material. Let's give them a tangible fan hug with a contribution to all their costs. Head to ItalianWinePodcast.com and click donate to show your love.